Good morning. Hope everyone has all their coffee and their nourishment physically because we're going to have a continuation of some spiritual nourishment this morning. And this, for those who are attending, is the throwing open the doors for large parishes. So if you're not here for that event, um, please see me. I'll be happy after the introduction of Father Mike to direct you where you might need to uh, be. With no further ado, I would like to introduce Father Mike Malloy, who is a long-standing servant of our diocese and had commented to him before coming up here to the podium that 37 years ago, I remember when he was first ordained at an event that I attended here at then St. Martin's, and it's been wonderful to watch the grace that he's blessed our diocese with over the years in both large and small parishes where he resides today in McLaughlin. And with no further ado, I would like to introduce Father Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so we've been listening a lot about um, of a lot of things, and, and one of the um, things we've talked about is hospitality, and what they asked me to do was to sort of remind us that we still have this to do. And as I look around this room, we have a long way to go. So would everybody who's sitting in this church please come over here and sit together? Come over all the way over so you can see that screen right there. That means those of you in the back could move forward too, by the way. <laughs> Can you see that screen? That's important because this is a lot of screens, a lot of slides, okay? As you're moving us, for, 30, for 37 years I've done that. And for 37 years I've been criticized for doing that, okay? By lots of people. Um, now, you, one of the things you know about me, if you don't know it, you'll know it very soon. I'm very extroverted. I'm, I'm like... Uh, um, uh, Jim's son, Brian, I'm sure people want to tell me, just shut up. Will you just stop talking every so often because I talk a lot, okay? Um, so I'm very extroverted. So I don't really understand introversion very well. I, I kind of get a sense of I don't understand it very well. But, but, it, but it's interesting to me because the, one of the most introverted people I've ever met in my life is our bishop who says openly I'm very introverted. And then when priests raise objections about hospitality, he says, get over it. <laughs> By his own admission, he said, you just have to step out of your comfort zone. But what happens, what I want you to understand is we walk into places and see our focus is always on me. Where am I going to sit? Where can I feel comfortable? Where can I be with my friends? Heaven forbid I sit by somebody I don't really know. I thought Jim's uh, introduction to this morning's talk was really interesting. I had a chance to pray with one of my high school students from Faith, South Dakota, you know, 100 years ago. Um, but see, you know, when we talk about hospitality, I really think we have a long way to go to get it into our hearts. Um, 
now, so today I'm going to talk about that, and specifically with large parishes, although it's interesting, I'm starting in a new parish, and I think this whole talk, I can go up and give a McLaughlin, it would be just fine. I'm not sure large or small makes a difference in some ways. Okay, let's hope this works. It's not going to work. Is it going to work? There it works. I have to hit the right button. Okay. So when we talk about hospitality in large places, you know, I think, I was thinking about what does that, what, what does that feel like versus small places. We say, well, you know, um, people really do need to get to know each other. So the, so the field is ripe for harvesting, okay, because we're so big and we're so large and there's so many of us. There's lots of people that don't know each other. Of course, we have multiple masses in larger parishes, you know, and I mean, it's interesting. You go to, if you've been at a cathedral or blessed sacrament for very long, you know, there's whole, like a third of the congregation, two-thirds of the congregation you don't have never met. You see them in the grocery store and you say, oh, are you Catholic? Oh, I didn't know that, you know, because you never go to the mass that I go to. All that, that's possible. I mean, that gives possibilities. You know, when you're, when you're thinking about or trying to develop and cultivate hospitality, um, you all know, as well as I do, that anonymity is a great thing in, in large parishes. And so again, these are, you can look at these and say, this is a real possibility for us to really reach out and reach beyond. You know, different than small town where everybody knows each other. You know, everybody knows each other, supposedly. Okay, that's what I'm finding out in McLaughlin, town of you know, 600 people in a parish of about 50 or 60 people. Some of them don't know each other. It's very interesting, okay? And heaven knows there is a need for people to be more friendly with each other in large parishes, okay? There's a need for people to be friendly with each other across the board in all areas and avenues of life. Okay, so we know it's we know that it's that there's a the the the, the field is ripe for the harvesting. Okay, um, it's also difficult because it is so big. There's so many people. It's huge. You know, a lot of times people say this parish is just huge. Especially if you've gone to a small parish and you come to a big parish, it's huge. Okay, um, and there are multiple masses, and masses have personalities. And sometimes the people who go to the one mass would never think of going to the other mass. Or do what you do at one mass is hard to do in another mass. And so you have those kinds of challenges and difficulties. And of course, people really sometimes want to cultivate anonymity. Leave me alone. Tim Hoig, I remember one time at Cathedral years ago, walked up to these people in the back of the church and said, would you bring up the gifts? And they turned to him and said, no. We don't want to be involved. That's why we're sitting in the back of the church. Leave us alone. You know? I'm sure Tim said something very, very appropriate, like, have a good day. <laughs> or God bless you. Or It happened to me once at Blessed Sacrament, too, and I was inviting people to slide down during the Christmas Mass because it was crammed full. And this lady, I walked up and said, would you mind sliding down? Will you please leave me alone? I am here to listen to the music. I don't want to slide down. I said, Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> so, you know, the problem is um, that big parishes also present, the, 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 the ideas that are, the, the way it's ripe for harvest is also create some of the greatest challenges, okay? And of course, invariably, it comes down to the small few who do everything, and you know how that works in big parishes. It's the same way in small parishes. The few do everything, 
and the masses say, isn't it wonderful that they're doing everything because now I don't have to. And then they start to feel resentful because they're not part of the in-group. And the in-group says, I wish they would join us. Why don't more people want to get involved? And then when they step forward, they say, you're not doing it right. And so we create this interesting problem. And I, I think a lot of it boils down to, you know, what is hospitality really all about in terms of our life, okay? So we immediately think hospitality is greeters at the door. That's how we started, you know, when we started the whole initiative here in the diocese, you know, get people, you know, welcome people at the door. And so we did that. At least most of us did that. We tried to do that, okay? Um, when I was in McLaughlin, I was talking about, about this, and someone said, well, you used to have greeters, Father. So hospitality means you shake people's hands, right? Okay? And we move out in the parking lot, and we welcome people. You know, we just knock them over with hospitality, okay? And we're going to have events, three at least, you know? This is how we started. Now, I'm not criticizing that because all of those things are very, very important. But it took me about two years at the cathedral to understand that there's something deeper. And yet I think we go right back to this all the time. Okay? So whose responsibility is it to be hospitable? Of course, it's the job of the stewardship committee, which, pardon, pardon me, gentlemen, is usually made up of all women because women know how to do hospitality, right? Guys don't, you know, guys stand like sticks and women walk up and say, how are you? It's so good to see you. Come in, sit down. Men are sort of like, hi, you know. I tell people when they have weddings, they have weddings, they say, get women to be ushers. They're much better at it than men. You know, men sort of stand there and women walk up and say, oh, I just love your dress. Oh, that's a beautiful necklace. Oh, won't you come in and sit down? You know, they're down the aisle, they're talking to them, you know. But, of course, we think, I think sometimes you think, well, we got the stewardship committee picked. They do hospitality, right? Just like we get the formation team picked, now they do all the formation, you know, whatever it is, okay? Um, and of course, greeters are important, but some think, well, they're doing hospitality, right? That's the responsibility, okay? Um, and sometimes it becomes the responsibility of the few who come and do everything, okay? So who does hospitality really belong to? Okay, um, who, whose responsibility is it? All right. Oops. See the problem with all of that, getting all these people in place to do this, and everybody working on it, is we give the impression that we look hospitable. You know, we look like we're a welcoming parish. And I'm not so sure that we often are, you know. So we give the impression that we're hospitable. Um, not necessarily, okay? Hospitality is something that has to be inside of us. And I, and I looked on the internet for what does that look like. You know, I looked back, I thought about these old pictures of people. This is obviously a Coca-Cola ad. But I look at these old pictures, but... I remember, I, I grew up learning hospitality from my mother. Um, and those of you that know me well know I did not have a particularly good relationship with my mother. We weren't like, you know, you know, it wasn't a great experience. Except in hindsight, this woman taught me what it meant to be hospitable. Because my mother never thought about herself when 
guests showed up at her house. Never. Matter of fact, we don't have pictures of my mother at family gatherings because she was in the kitchen. And there was never a complaint. I mean, my aunt and uncle showed up with nine kids, eight kids. That family had eight kids. Eight kids. They showed up at 5 o'clock. At 5.30, she had a meal on the table for all of them and all of us without any warning and no microwave. So, she, so my mother, hospitality has to be something that's inside of us. It has to be something that comes from within and, and moves beyond us. And as Jim was saying, it's, it ties up with, with this whole notion of encounter with Jesus. The, the longer I work at this, the more I realize that the real problem isn't greeters and events. The real problem is I don't have that relationship with Jesus that's inside of me to the point that I want to let other people experience it and bring it outside of me. Okay? So obviously the point that hospitality is everybody's job. Okay? It has to become a way of life. Now, one of the things I want to say is a lot of hospitality happens around Mass, okay? So I also think it's important that we respect the sacredness of liturgical action, okay? I've, I've learned this over the years, and I'm out gregarious, and I'm outgoing, and so, you know, and so everybody should want to sing and dance and spin around in the aisles before Mass starts, you know? Well, but there is a tradition and an understanding we have about what happens at Mass. There's a sacredness there. And I think we have to, as we, as we really tr strive to make hospitality the, something that comes from the inside out, I think we really have to be attentive to that. I, as an extroverted person, have to be attentive to introverted people. And introverted people have to be attentive to extroverted people. You know? In other words, we have to get out of ourselves and we have to think about each other. That's really at the heart of what hospitality is. It's making room in your life for someone else. And it has to be a way of life. But we have to acknowledge that there's a sacredness to what we do when most of us gather together. Now, other times when we gather for, for parish events, it's a different experience, okay? And so part of it is you want to say, back off. Okay? And I don't want to be hugged and kissed when I walk into church. Not necessarily. And it doesn't mean... I'm not glad to be there, okay? That isn't necessarily the way it has to happen. Again, I'm not saying that greeting people and being friendly and open and welcoming is unimportant, okay? But some of the resistance I think we feel is because we don't, um, we, we, we don't pay attention to each other. And, we don't, and, and this is compounded in a, a much larger parish than a smaller parish, okay? So I have an experience that was shared with me by Sue Bell, and I asked if I could tell you the story, okay? Uh, Sue went to Kansas City to visit her daughter who lives down there. Um, she went to church. She went by herself, okay? Big church. Kansas City, I'm sure, just has big churches, okay? Now, she walked in, and no one greeted her. No one. Now, Sue is relatively introverted. Well, she's very introverted, okay? So that was probably okay with her, okay? She sat down. But she said what was interesting and what she noticed is that the people in the church were talking to each other, quietly, softly. There was a buzz and a hum of joy, contentment. She said they wanted to be there. I could tell this community wanted to be, they were glad to be there with each other. 
And so she said, when I go back to visit my daughter, I'm going to that church. Now, isn't that interesting? No one greeted her. But she knew that they were happy to be there together. And she wanted to be there with them because of that. I think that's a good way of talking about what hospitality looks like when it's from the inside out. Not that you don't do that greeting. It's probably not okay that nobody greeted Sue when she walked in the church. But you see, she honed in and said, this is what this is about. It's about people wanting to be here, wanting to be together, okay? Now, two other things before I get into my ideas. First one, it's going to take time. It's going to take time, it's going to take time, it's going to take time, okay? Um, if you've never lived in McLaughlin, South Dakota, you would appreciate when I say it's going to take time, it's going to take time, it's going to take time, okay? Slow process. And, of course, you know, the, I, want the, I want the hands to just fly through the clock, okay? As the bishop said, you're going to be challenged a lot. I said, I hope I don't hurt them in the process. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take time, okay? And we can't be discouraged, and it's easy to get discouraged. We can't be discouraged. It's going to take time. Secondly, it's going to cost money. I just think we have to say that. It's going to cost money to do this well, I think. And so we have to figure out what to do with that. All right? So, idea number one. For what I, what, and a lot of this, if you're from the cathedral, the things we did at the cathedral or tried to do at the cathedral with some success and some failure, some of them are ideas that come from other parishes, okay? So I think you have to elevate the community's awareness of their responsibility to be hospitable. One of our parishioners came up with an idea which I thought was really interesting. She said, go to the committees, go to the organized groups in the parish, whatever it is, wherever there's a group of people that meets regularly, go to them and say, would you do this? Would you go to church and first of all, sit in a different place? Ay, ay, ay. You want me to, yeah, I want you to get out of yourself. Go sit, some, you know, I, Gilliam McLaughlin, South Dakota, I said this to them the other night. One lady said, I've never sat on the other side of the church. You know, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Go find out, okay? Now, the reason she suggests that, or go, possibly go to a different mass, which would be, you know, interesting too. It's like, you know, I, I like, see, I like the 8 o'clock. I like the 5.30, you know. This isn't about what you like. This isn't about what's comfortable for you. It's about a way of cultivating hospitality. So go someplace where it isn't comfortable, where you don't, you know, how many of you have walked into that dining room and sat at a table with someone you didn't know? Deanie has. <laughs> a few of you have. See, most of us go to events like this and sit at the table with our friends. And, you, and somebody else walks by, but there are three people, and there's three chairs there, and they go, I don't know those people. You know, and you go sit by a table all by yourself. I'm convinced when we have gatherings at parishes, we should only set up enough tables so people have to sit together whether they like it or not. You know, but I'm a forcer and a pusher, so you know, I think you know, we make you go together if you won't go together, okay? But you see, I think we need to, so she says, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Go to, go, go to a different, sit in a different place at Mass, and, and, or go to a different Mass. In other words, you're going to be sitting in somebody else's pew, okay? When you walk in, you don't grab hands and hug and kiss. You simply sit down and say, good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Oh, nice to see you, you know? Simple Kind invitations to relationship that do not bother the sacredness of the moment. 
Okay? If somebody wants to talk to you, they will. You know? And, of course, it's important to say their name. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Mike. You know? And it's very important when you do that that you remember the name. You know how we all get that way, you know? Oh, hi, I'm Mike. It's like two minutes, two, minutes, two seconds later. What was their name? Because they really didn't listen to it. But so, so it's, you have to cultivate this. You have to work it. I have to, I have to listen. I have to look and say, Sherry, 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 Sherry. Sherry, that's a drink I had last night. Sherry, okay. I have to do things like that that connect that name in my head and in my heart so I remember. Oh, she's the one with had the orange shirt on. Okay, I know who that is. You know, I remember that, you know. So, so you have to work at this. Now, you're not doing all of this out loud going, oh, Sherry, 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 I remember your name, you know. You have an orange shirt on, you know. But you have to work at it. Now, this lady suggests to start with the groups that are there. The groups that gather are the groups that are involved and they're committed and they're kind of connected. So it's like, work at this. Some people said, absolutely not. They're not going to work, I'm not going to do it. Some people did. Okay? I think, at least in theory, it's a great idea. Okay? Then, perhaps after Mass, when you're done, you've made that little connection. You've probably greeted them at the sign of peace. You know? And afterwards, then there can maybe be this moment where you turn around and say, it was really nice to be here with you. Um, you know, I've, I've, never, I've never met you before, or if you've been in the parish a long time, you know, whatever it is. Now, if you're introverted, I know that's hard. I know that's really hard for me. I can stick my hand out and talk to doors and they talk back, you know. It's, it's not hard, but, um, you know, I just think we have to do that. It doesn't have to be exasperating. It doesn't have to be 35 minutes, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily become this person's bosom buddy for the rest of my life. But I think it's important. But I think the aftermath seems to be a little bit better. Now, there are some people that will bolt and run. Let them bolt and run. But those who choose to stay, and some, like I said, if you just stop and say hello, and if they have kids, pay attention to the kids. Pay attention to their kids. Pay attention to their kids. People love when you pay attention to their kids. So pay attention to them, you know. Give them a little hug, a little kiss, you know, wink at them, you know. You were so good in church today, even if they weren't, you know. You were so good. <laughs> No, say, just, I mean, whatever you can do, the simple, ordinary things that we do that begin, I think, to accomplish what Sue Bell was talking about, where people feel like they want to be there. And you never know where this is going to go. You never know what that's going to mean for that person, okay? Talk about my own self a, a little bit later in some of this, okay? Then I think you should go home and write the name down. <laughs> I think you should go home and write it down. You know, and you should put down, yeah, she was the one with the orange shirt on. You know, because I think if you do that, do a couple different ways like that, you're, you're going to get the name, and the next time you see them, you're going to be more likely to say, oh, hi, Sherry. It isn't going to be, oh, I know that person, but I don't know their name, and I don't want to talk to them because I'm embarrassed, you know. The other thing that's very important is, is if you begin this sort of process and you do see somebody, you say, oh, we talked last week, or we talked last month, I, but I can't remember your name. I'm sorry, because they don't remember your name either. So, you know, it's not going you know, to be a big surprise, you know. Um, so, okay, so, and then I think it's, I think it, then they suggest you report back in a month or two months to the, to the committee, how did this go? Now, obviously, you have to have the committee on board. The committee have to say, I'm going to do this, and they have to really work at doing it, you know. And you can't be put off by people who don't like it, you know, because there are people who really have bought and paid for certain places in the church. And they're going to be very irritated when you're, when you're, when you're you know, sitting in their spot. So be, let them be irritated and say, oh, excuse me, and move down. I mean, you know, try just to roll with it. 
Because I think what would happen, first of all, is it would change the person doing it on the inside first more than it would the people you're greeting. Because we would begin to live hospitality from the inside out. You know, it, we would begin to feel like we want to be here and want to be connected and we want to belong. And we're going to begin to know people. I think this goes down other places. You know, you meet them in the grocery store. Oh, I saw your church last. Well, I, you know, how are you? And, you know, you do this little chit-chat in the grocery store or the, whatever it is, or you honk at them because they cut you off in parking or something like that, you know. But you be, it begins to flow beyond the church. And you begin to break down the barriers of these very large gatherings of people. Now, will, will everybody want to do this? No. But I, I, I really think it's an idea that's really worth pursuing in a sincere and earnest way to see if it would make a difference, because I think it would, especially in large parishes where everybody doesn't theoretically know everybody, okay? Idea number two, isn't that guy cute? I love him. Um, you should look up ideas on the internet. You know, images, great pictures, great fun, okay? Second idea. This is something that I just want to uh, um, talk about. Um, and I mentioned it, again, theater people, we did this. Um, uh, I don't know if other parishes have ever tried this. Name Tag Sunday. Cathedral. Um, I haven't talked to Father Steve about that, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we are, good. Okay. You know, we, this came out of one of those books you read. You know, all the books you read about how do you do this. Well, Name Tag Sunday, so let's try this. Well, the initial thought was, this is, there's no way. There is absolutely no way. You want us to give, make sure everybody in, in church, you know, there's like 1,500 people that come to Mass at the cathedral. You want them all to have name tags? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's not possible. Yeah, it is. It's actually, actually, it wasn't all that hard, okay? Um, and what's important about this is I think the way we did it was really good, okay? <laughs> so, I love this. Um, so, yeah, first of all, you have to get all those name tags. You go buy them. This is where it's going to cost money. Go buy them. And you have to get nice markers, big black markers, you know, so when they write on it, they can see their name, okay? And, and you have to have lots of them. And you have to cover all the doors, okay? You have to cover all the doors. A huge mistake we make in large parishes is we only cover one door. And when there's more than one way that people come in, you have to be at every door, period. It is silly and foolish to think we'll only cover one door when they're coming or going. It doesn't work. You have missed one half two-thirds, whatever it is of the congregation. So you have to cover every door, which means you have to have enough people to do that, okay? You have to have garbage cans at every door and lots of, you know, uh, name tags and lots of markers, okay? Then the other thing I think you need to do, and this was met with resistance by almost everybody in my parish, you have to block the entrance, so to speak, you know? We closed one entrance. You can't come in this entrance. Oh, that irritated some people. Well, that's right, be irritated. I'm sorry. Walk around the corner and go in the next one, okay? Because we couldn't cover that door, Okay? And by blocking, I mean, you put something there like they can't get by you, you know? So we put tables across. My wonderful maintenance man said, you can't do that. It's against the law, fire law. I said, okay, if the fire marshal comes, I'll go to jail. Put the tables across. So because, because I do think you have to, you have to, you know, you invite people in and you can't, you obviously can't force them, but you have to invite them in. And, and I, but I think you have, to, you have to you kind of do that in a way that they have to sort of, make a decision, okay? And then you train your teams and you augment it. You just don't have the ushers doing it or the greeters who come all the time. If you've got an entrance like Blessed Sacrament or Piedmont, those beautiful wide entrances, you need to have a lot of people out there. And if you have two greeters at mass, that's not gonna cut it. 
So you have to get more people. So you get your parish council on board, you get your stewardship committee on board, the other people on board saying, would you cover a mass? Would you, you know, if in these big parishes, if you took all the committees and said, would you take a mass? You'd have more people than you know what to do with, okay? And so they walk into this kind of wall of people, so to speak, okay, who are friendly and polite, okay? Now you'll get a little resistance. <laughs> you'll get a little resistance. And what I told my people to do at the cathedrals is if somebody doesn't want to do it, say, have a good day, thank you. And some people said, stop by, whatever, you know. Don't let it bother you. Let them, who knows what's going on? Their mother maybe just died, you know. They're fighting cancer, you know. They hate the world. I don't know, just let them go. Don't let it get to you. Don't go, ooh, ooh, you know, whatever, you know. Just keep going. The vast majority of the people at the theater put on name tags because we told them why we were doing it. And what we were not doing was to make them, before Mass, stand up and talk to everybody else. People don't like that. Some people don't like that, okay? So we didn't do that. Just put a name tag on. Why? Some people know your name. That's it. See, it's simple. People know your name. Put it on. Go to Mass. Hey, maybe after Mass, you talk a little bit, and all of a sudden you go, oh, you're Tom. Oh, I've seen you at church all the time. I don't even have to say, oh, you're Tom. I didn't know your name because I haven't seen you at church. I just glance down and say, oh, Tom. You know, the kids put their name tags down here. I walk around and say, would you put your name tag up where we can see it, you know? But it's really simple, and don't make them do anything with it initially. Just, we just want to know each other's names. Because, know, you know, you, you know, the, the, the wonderful Cheers series, the, the theme song, You and I Go Where Somebody, Everybody Knows Your Name, that's true of all of us. We want to go someplace where people know who we are. And who I am is my name. And I've lived it my whole life. My name is spelled without a name, my first name. I spell it for everybody. And then they say, did you spell that right? I say, what do you think? It's my name. You know, take a guess, you know. You know or I'll, I'll say, my name is Michael, I'll spell it for you. I know how to spell Michael. I said, no, you don't. Listen to me, you know. But we, our name is our name. It's our identity. It's who we are, you know. I mean, I, I love the, the, the image of parents looking at the baby and deciding what the name's going to be. That's a very important moment, you know. My sister, I, I tell a story about when Mitchell was born. Mitchell, his name is Mitchell Ryan. They were going to call him Mitchell Anthony or Anthony Mitchell. But I said, when he was born, that just seemed like too much name for that little baby. So they called him Mitchell Ryan, you know. Names are important. They identify us, okay? So don't do anything with it. And then maybe, maybe after you do it, we do it once a month. Maybe after two or three months, then one of the things you could do is say, at the end of Mass, we're not going to have, we're going to do the final blessing, no song. We just want you to talk to each other at the end of Mass. You can leave or you can talk. And generally, people erupt into conversation if they, once they get it. You have to sort of say, no, there's no song. So, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead, talk. You can talk now. You know, go ahead. But once they start, they've had two or three months of identification of names. And I really think it helps. It helps, again, to help them get to know each other. And it's, that, it's building that hospitality within instead of expecting somebody at the door to do the hospitality job for us. Idea number three, signage. I'm going to go through this pretty quick but it took us a long time at the cathedral to figure this out in big parishes, is making sure people know where things are. Like, where's the bathroom? How do you get downstairs? You know, um, those kinds of things. And so we, we finally figured that out, and we like, made the really ugly, you know, I shouldn't say ugly, but you know, the, the, you know, and I say, well, I don't want, the church is pretty, and I don't want to have, you know, like big ugly signs like exit, you know, sticking out here, there, and everywhere. 
sometimes you just got to do that. You have to figure out a way to do that that really signals people. And so if somebody comes in and says, excuse me, where's the bathroom? You can say, and they look over, they see the sign, they get it right away without saying it's the room down the hallway that's got a toilet in it, you know? Just walk down until you find it, you know? So signage, I think, is really important to do. I also think the information table is a good idea. We didn't did this, do this at the cathedral. I don't know if other parishes in the diocese have done it, other big parishes that I've, whose materials I've read do this. And I think it would be helpful, especially if you have a parish where there's a lot of visitors, okay? Or there's a lot of turnover, okay? And the information table, you know, if, if you're going to commit yourself to this, then it's every door and it's every mass. So you have to build up to this. You have to convince people that this is something worthwhile and worth doing, and you have to have all the information that they need. You know, you can't just, you know, pick and choose. Well, I don't know about that, or, you know, love, don't you love to go to an information booth where you say, could you tell me where, uh-uh, I don't know where that is. It's like, okay, you're not helping, all right? And so all the stuff that they need to know about programs and liturgies and who to contact and persons, and you have to have names. So you have to work at this and build this up and have this ready to go, you know? Um, and, and at the cathedral, all the years I was there, we could have used one of these because we had a lot of turnover, a lot of new people coming, okay? And it would have been nice to say, you know, if you go right back here, you know, here is uh, this lady, this man, they can tell you, they can answer all your questions, you know? Um, it, it's very, very important. So, so it's an idea that I think it's worth exploring. Now, I have idea number four. I have, I have four parts to this. I'll try to get through this, and if not, I'll just have to quit. Um, you should have built to develop a grateful parish, is what I said, you know. Um, big churches are formidable to walk in, especially if you come from the little churches. They're, they're huge and they're overwhelming, okay? And you have, to, you have to see what you can do to try to, you can't change the edifice of the structure, but maybe you can do something about the inside. So I have up to these ideas. Obviously, the first thing is the importance of the staff is the staff on the bus, and all big parishes have staffs. They have people who are paid and, and work for them. Are they on the bus? Or do they just look like they're on the bus? And so when ideas for creating a hospitable, welcoming community are floated, they have to be floated in, and in the staff, and the staff has to buy into that. Okay? They have to buy into it. And, and a very hard thing that pastors have to do is if you have a staff and you're really trying to promote hospitality in your parish and you've got a staff member who doesn't want to do it, then they need to not be on the staff anymore. Hard choices. But one person who's negative in a position of leadership and authority can have a profound effect on your effort, okay? Um, all right? And you don't want to be like this, okay? <laughs> um, and I think most staffs probably are not, but occasionally, you know, you have to, be, you have to watch that, okay? Very important, and I think Jim has alluded to this, is the importance of that staff praying together and praying specifically for the gift of hospitality in my own heart to make room in my life for you. Oof. You know, some of the most difficult places to work on the face of the earth are churches. Because we assume everybody should be nice and Christian, and sometimes we're not. Okay? And I have lived in three parishes with three different staffs, and I'm as guilty as anybody else that I've ever worked with. Okay? But we have to, we have to, we have to, and praying together is a very important part of that. Okay? Um, I'm a, I'm a great proponent for avoiding using voicemail to greet people, uh, staff-wise. I know that's hard. I know my, the staffs I've worked with are busy, busy people. Okay? I just think getting a, vo a recording on a phone is, um, 
terribly off-putting and, un and unfriendly. And, and our culture is going that way. You know, you, any big thing you call up, you know, hello, you've reached, nah, 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 nah. dial one, dial two, dial three, dial four, you know. I think if churches, we should avoid that. You know, at the theater, we have volunteer uh, receptionists as much as we can. And it's it just the difference of having someone said hello, you know. Um, there's the old joke about there's a couple of priests who did this routine. Father uh, Blade Teflon was the young priest, and Father, I can't remember the other guy. Anyway, <laughs> you know, hello, you've reached St. Margaret's. Our mass times are 8, 10, 30, and 12, and this is not a recording. This is your pastor. Goodbye. You know, we want to avoid that. So at all costs, try, I, I think you should try to, to avoid um, uh, voicemail. Even to call somebody, get the phone, phone call and say, I am, I am so glad you called, and I really want to visit with you. I'm just terribly busy right now. Can I call you back in an hour or two hours? Can I call you back tomorrow? Then you better do it. Okay, you better do it. All right, you better do it. That's very important. But something that creates that human contact, Okay. So, you, you know, a little, little phone call, you know, um, any cute. All right? And as I just said, respond, 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 respond. It's so very important, you know. Called the tribunal of, um, of a, a diocese where my niece lives, who was working on annulment. And I said, hello, I'm Father Mike Malloy, and I'm, my, my niece has a, 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 a annulment case. We can't tell you anything about that. I said, I don't want to know anything about it. But do you suppose it would be possible for you to respond to one of the five phone calls that my niece has sent your way in the last week? Oh, I'll look into that. I said, thank you. She had a call two minutes later. Then she called me and said, wow, you're powerful. <laughs> and, and you know, big parishes, you guys, I know this. <laughs> I, I know this. It's, I, this. I experienced this even in my little parish. You just have to stay on top of this because it's from the inside out. Connecting with these people is the most important thing I do. So I got to do this. I got to get back to them. I got to try. Okay? So responding is important. Okay? Um, so, and um, it's just important to practice this not only outside of the staff, but within the staff. Okay? You with each other. Okay? Many of you are staff people. Practicing hospitality with one another is so vitally important because if you don't do it with each other you're not going to do it with the people outside okay and I think it's important to sort of figure out who's in charge of anything and everything that goes on in the parish you know who's the go-to person for whatever it is okay so that there's a clarity you know um, and I faulted myself a lot of times for that poor communication because because we didn't have as well as we should have delineated who's going to do that piece Okay, what's their responsibility? So paying attention to that. Idea number 4B. This is one that I uh, developed myself, and I think it's important. At every gathering, committee, meeting, anytime people get together, you start with introductions. You know, let's go around the room and say we are. Whenever we had practices for Holy Week, let's start by saying everybody's name. Pretty simple thing to do. Stand up, tell them your name. Tell them why you're here. You're the server, you're the, you're the lector, you're the whatever, Okay. Because, again, big parish people don't know each other. And the fact that you're all community ministers or lectors or you're involved in liturgy doesn't necessarily mean you know each other. And so you start by introducing. The simple thing. Committees, whatever it is. Now, if you've been meeting with the committee for a long time, you don't have to do this. Okay? Obviously. But any gathering of a parish where it's possible, 
invite people to tell everybody else what their name is. You know, again, some people are uncomfortable, so don't ask them to give, you know, you know tell us your name and the, you know, the 10 things that you like doing the most. Just tell us your name. And people stand up and say, I'm Mary, and they sit down. But at least you know. Okay, so introductions are important. Um, the hellos, the greetings um, of names, and especially if someone's new. I was terrible about this at the theater room. It used to always bother me. You know, you have new council members coming on, and, you know, they're, they're third on the agenda. No, they're first on the agenda. We have new council members here. So, so making sure that people who are new are in whatever the situation. And that requires you, to, again, to be attentive to who's coming and what's going on. You know, if Judy is a new person in the parish and she decided to be a lector, you know, and this is the first liturgy that she's showing up at practice to be a lector, we want to make sure we pay attention to that. You know, at a lady in McLaughlin, uh, I make my, my parents come to religion class with their kids. That's a new policy at McLaughlin. Imagine how that went over. But we did it. And this lady started coming. She has five kids. And I walked up to her after three weeks, and I said, I want to thank you because you started coming. You've come every week. You've come every Sunday. And this is a change in her behavior. And I'm very grateful for that. She looked at me and smiled, and she said, thank you. You know, I think in, in gatherings that we have, we know when people are new, you know, because a lot of the gatherings are the people that have been there a lot, okay? Um, and then I think thank yous. I think written thank yous are the best. Again, I'm terribly countercultural in this regard, you know, but I think taking the time to draw a note and say thank you for coming, thank you. I, I would do this occasionally. We'd do Holy Week. I would sit down with the, with the people that were there and say who was there, you know, on the staff, who was there. We, we'd send them thank you notes, you know. Um, or an email, second best thing. Um, and a case, I think occasionally it's okay to put in the bulletin, we want to thank the following people for coming to serve, okay? But to, to acknowledge people and say, we're, this is developing a parish of hospitality, okay? Um, making people feel welcome. I'm running out of time. Um, I think you should have free events. This was an idea we struck upon at the cathedral just as I was leaving. And I understand the, the two they've had that are going well, have gone well, okay? It's going to cost money, Okay? Don't have a potluck, okay? Don't have a potluck. Don't have a free will offering basket, you know? Just say, come. Come, we're going to provide all the food. We, the parish is, we're paying for it, you know? I mean, in, in a roundabout way, you pay for it because you drop money in the collection, but come. Just come and be together. I was talking to the, some of the staff from the cathedral, the last event they had, huge turnout of people. And a couple people said, it was really nice to come and not have to bring something or do something just get together and, and enjoy each other's company. The one they had at the cathedral, the, the last one, they invited all the neighboring people around, the people that live Catholic and not Catholic in the area. I don't know if they came or not, but what a wonderful thing. You know, you're, you're in a parish, most of our, our parishes are in some kind of residential areas, and you invite the people that live around there. Come on over. And we aren't going to, you know, nail you and ask if you're Catholic, if you want to join. We're just inviting you to come and celebrate with us. I think that's going to... Um, is worth doing. It's going to cost money, but I think it's worth doing. Idea number 4D. Registration. I want to run through this very quickly. I think this is an idea that someone gave me. I've never tried it. This, this person said, do not let anybody register online. Now, talk about countercultural, you know. No one registers online because then they remain anonymous. They're a piece of a name on a piece of paper, Okay. And what they suggested, I'll, I won't go through the rest of the slides with this, but what they suggested is, you know, when people come, 
course, you welcome them, you greet them, you introduce them. You do all the normal stuff you do with hospitality. And you have to work at that. You really have to work at that. Um, I, I will tell at Piedmont Parish, uh, I had a lady who joined that parish and commented to me, it was amazing when I walked into the Piedmont Parish how the people responded to me. They welcomed me, they introduced me, they remembered my name when I went back the next Sunday, they talked to me. That's what you have to do with people who are welcome. You're welcoming new people, you know. And if, you, if they register online, none of that happens, okay? And the, and the reason you go on, eventually what you do, I think one of the parishes talked about having past, uh, dinners with the pastor, which I think is a great idea. Again, it takes time, it takes money, kind of a pain when you're a busy pastor like you are in these bigger parishes. Do it anyway. You know, set up a time, at least invite them. We'd like to have these three new families. We'd like to have you come over to the rectory and have dinner with the pastor. And somebody else in the parish cooks the meal and so the, the priest and the, and the family can just sit and visit. You might invite other parishioners. Wonderful idea. And doable. And really doable. And, you know, and, and uh, very important um, to do that. But, and I think visiting homes and gift baskets. Now, don't visit someone home if they don't want you to, you know. But at least you make the effort. Love to come and visit you. Now, you need people to do this, okay? You need lots of people to do this. But work at this and developing this where you have people going out to new people's homes and saying, hello, it's good to have you here and, and welcome to our parish. And you give them, even if you're standing at the door doing it, you're making contact. And the little gifts, things are nice, you know. Something. It doesn't make a difference what it is. If it's a magnet to hang on the refrigerator, it is I paid attention to you. But when you get around to registering them, you do it one-on-one -on -one with someone. And I love this idea. You present to them the contract. In other words, you say to them, this is what we will provide for you at our parish. We'll have vibrant, exciting liturgies for you to attend. That's our commitment to you. We will provide first-class faith formation for your children and for you. Okay? We will have meaningful and interesting and fun social events. You know, and we will attend to your sacramental needs and help you to, you know, da, da, da. This is our contract to you. What we expect from you is that you come and you support the church by your presence, by your involvement, by your financial support, because it doesn't happen unless we're all involved. Do you want to be a part of our parish? And you're thinking, ooh, that's really like heavy. The, the book I read, the guy that they built up to this, it was amazing. People wanted to come and be part of their parish. You know why? Because they had something to offer. And they were proud of what they were offering. And they wanted everybody else to know what they were offering. And they wanted to say, if you want to be a part of us, we'd love to have you. And we've talked to you and visited you and enjoyed you know, interaction with you. But there comes a time where you have to say, do you want to do this or don't you? If you don't, we hope you find a parish that works for you. But it may not be us. I think we have to get to that level. Not, not demanding that people you know, give 10% or they can't belong to the church but really saying to them, we have something to offer to you and we really want you to be a part of our parish. Do you want to be a part of our parish? And if you've done the homework and the, head, or the, the work ahead of time to doing that, people are going to see that. And if they don't want to be involved, they're not going to join, not join, you know? So they're involved in the parish for three, four, five, six months before they ever register, you know? I think a wonderful idea. Hard to do, take time, difficult, amen. All right. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah, we're out of time. Do you have any questions? Other ideas? Yes. What was what? 
Oh, the book is, um, what is it? Divine Renovation. Thank you. Very good book um, by a priest in Canada. Divine Renovation. Um, in some ways, I liked it better than uh, Rebuilt. Rebuilt was good too, but I really liked Divine Renovation. It was a very challenging uh, book, but really worthwhile in terms of building this this sense of uh, this um, way of life of hospitality. Come in, start playing. Yes, Maria. That's the, the whole presence of the tabernacle is a, is a is a challenge and a difficult thing, you know. I guess I've always thought I, I think we need to attend to the Lord's presence when we come in because that's part of part. Of, so we're there to be with God and with each other. We have to understand both of those. But I but I also think I don't think the Lord minds after Mass if we're visiting with each other. I mean I, I don't think we should have a you know basketball game in there, you know, and we shouldn't have a free for all going on. But a, but a. a um, the normal kind of conversation and visiting I don't think is out of line or inappropriate. So, thank you for watching, listening. I'm going home. Goodbye.